can't make this work, then I'm gonna have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I'm the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. He drug a stink in here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. You may know me as host of the Mo Kelly Show, Saturdays and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. But today I'm in the big chair filling in for Gary and Shannon. And if you know me, I try to stay away from your feelings. I love facts. I don't give a damn about your feelings. And I try to be dispassionate when I look at these controversial issues such as immigration, immigration reform, and what's been going on here in California and also around the country. It's part and parcel of the larger immigration reform debate. Of course, you know I'm talking about the Trump administration suing the great state of California. I'm California born and raised. I love California. The only time I did not live in California was when I was in college in Washington, D.C., And short of that, I've always lived here. So this is somewhat personal for me. But I'm also a student of history. I know that what's been going on more recently here in California in terms of this tension, this contradiction, if you will, between state and federal law, this is not new. You could say it's unusual, but it's not new. We've had other instances in history, both distant and recent I remember a different governor by the name of George Wallace who stood up and said segregation today, segregation forever. And that was back, I think, in 1963, even though Brown versus the Board of Education, which outlawed segregation, was nine years previous to that. It's not unusual for states to act opposite of the federal government. So let's just get that out of the way. In fact, more recently... There were about maybe some five states which said explicitly that they were not going to lift a finger to implement Obamacare, which was and is still the federal law of the land. That's not even debatable. But let me narrow this down to immigration and what's been going on here in California. Last month, and this is very key, last month, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf, in an email, gave residents of Oakland advance warning of an immigration and customs enforcement raid. And for the Trump administration, and I can't think, or I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but I do think that they felt that that was the last straw in terms of undermining their federal immigration agenda. When you look at what California has done in totality, In the Trump's administration's eyes, in terms of trying to circumvent, trying to contradict, trying to undermine altogether federal immigration law. I want you to listen to what Jeff Sessions had to say recently, speaking in Sacramento to the California Peace Officers Association, talking about how federal agents must be able to do their job. Federal agents must be able to to do the job that Congress directed them to do. Contrary to what you might hear from 
open borders radicals. We are not asking California, Oakland, or anyone else to actually effectively enforce immigration laws, although we would welcome the positive assistance the majority of jurisdictions in America provide to our federal offices. We would certainly like that. But ICE agents do incredible work every day. They're not backing down. They're not going to be deterred. And we're not going to stop enforcing the law in, in Alabama or California either, for that matter. We're simply asking the state and other sanctuary jurisdictions to stop actively obstructing federal law enforcement. Stop treating immigration agents differently from everybody else for the purpose of eviscerating border and immigration laws and advancing an open borders philosophy shared by only a few, the most radical extremists. Stop protecting lawbreakers and giving all officers more dangerous work to do that, so that politicians can score political points on the backs of officer safety. Can I have an honest conversation with you? Can we have a dispassionate, unemotional conversation about immigration and immigration reform as it relates to California? I'm going to be honest with you. First, I can't stand Jeff Sessions. I could never stand Jeff Sessions for decades going back to the 1980s for all sorts of reasons. One, he's actually closer to George Wallace, I think, than makes me comfortable. That's the first point of honesty. The second, in that audio clip, I think I agree with 85% of what he said. There are three aspects to this. There's the politics of it, the policy of it, and where the law is. And if we're going to have an honest conversation, let's try to remove the politics out of it. Let's try to remove the emotion from it. Let's talk about the policy and the law. I can't stand Jeff Sessions, but I'm not going to allow that to get in the way of the accuracy and the truthfulness of much of what he had to say. Now, when he gets into open borders, agenda and everything, he's straying into the land of politics. That's a political statement when he starts to to ascribe motive to what those in California here in California are doing. That's politics. He's playing politics. But let's talk about the policy and the law. He was asserting that Oakland specifically in California more generally was getting in the way of officers doing their jobs. Is there any truth to that? Well, Oakland has pushed back against the ways law enforcement through new technology and shared databases collects personal information, images and communications of criminal suspects and innocent bystanders alike. Those aren't my feelings. That's a fact. That gets in the way of law enforcement officers doing their job. San Francisco declared itself a sanctuary city in 1989, and city officials strengthened the stance in 2013 with its due process for all ordinance. California passed its own sanctuary laws, and and that's at the heart of this debate. Those specific laws, are they in contradiction with federal laws? Are they getting in the way of officers doing their job as prescribed by both state and federal law. Let me give you some more specifics. These aren't my feelings. And and here's why I don't want you to bring your feelings into it. They don't have any place when discussing the facts. 
This is about the law and its interpretation. We may feel a certain way about the law. We may feel that a law is unfair. And then from that, we have methods and, and, and things which are available to us to change the law. But our feelings about the law should not usurp the facts of what the law states. And here's our, some of the laws which are at question here in California. These new laws here in the past year in California make it a crime for business owners to voluntarily help federal agents find and detain undocumented workers, prohibit law enforcement from alerting immigration agents when detainees are released from custody, and create a state inspection program for federal immigration detention centers. SB 54, one of the three state laws in question, specifically prohibits, and that's key, prohibits state and local police agencies from notifying federal officials in many cases when immigrants potentially subject to deportation are about to be released from custody. Prohibits. Now, in terms of the lawsuit, the Trump administration is alleging that California is getting in the way and undermining federal law. And in terms of the supremacy clause, I'm not a lawyer, but I know a couple of things. And I also stayed at a Holiday Inn Express in 1989. But I do know in regard to the supremacy clause, when there are laws which are contradictory in nature between the state and federal law, the federal law reigns supreme, i.e. the supremacy clause. The Trump administration is saying that the California law is in contradiction and is incongruent with federal law. California is trying to make the argument that, no, it's not in contradiction. It's just that we're not going to do everything we can to enforce federal law. In other words, the federal government has the authority to enforce its immigration laws, but doesn't have the power to draft California officials into helping. I would agree with that. But California is not an idle bystander in this. California is not an uh, impartial observer, if you will. Remember, SB 54 prohibits state and local police agencies from notifying federal officials in many cases when immigrants potentially subject to deportation are about to be released from custody. It does not allow law enforcement to be able to make the decision on its own. It is stopping them. It is preventing. It is prohibiting. And that is where I think California has run afoul. I don't care about your feelings about immigration. When you hear a federal or even a locally elected official talk about families being broken up. Ah, ah, ah. Those are your feelings. If you talk about it, it's unfair, those are your feelings. And I'm not here to talk about your feelings. You have means to change the law. Now, we can go back and forth about how Congress is broken or how laws need to be changed. And, and here's something else in this discussion which has not really been discussed in my humble estimation. It is nice that the federal government, i.e. the Trump administration, would like to say that California is getting in the way of federal immigration law. But not just the Trump administration, but even the Obama administration and Bush administration previous to 
have been very lax in enforcing federal immigration law as it relates to overstayed visas. The fact of the matter, not your feelings, not your feelings about brown people immigrating here or undocumented brown people coming here. I don't care about those feelings. The facts are overstayed visas, not people walking across the southern border. That's the largest swath of illegal immigration. That's just a fact. And for whatever reasons, the Trump administration and Obama administration and Bush administration previous to have not exactly been enforcing that or even looking in that direction. If we all can agree, if we can, that illegal immigration is a problem here in America and we can fight and parse it in terms of how big a problem or how little a problem. If we can agree that it's a problem, then common sense, and I guess common sense ain't all that common, as they say, but common sense should dictate that your laws or your focus should be on the biggest portion of that problem, which would be overstayed visas, not people walking across the southern border. This problem is far more complicated than the law is the law and the law should be enforced. Well, what if I say I agree? The law should be enforced. We should actually respect the federal immigration law. But, but, but I would also add that we should attack the biggest component of the lawbreakers, which would be the overstayed visas. Not trying to build a wall on the southern border because that's when politics have then been introduced into the conversation. The politics say it resonates with a certain swath of voters when you demonize brown people walking across the southern border, even though it's a minuscule amount of the actual immigration, illegal immigration problem. That's the politics. Remember, I said, I want you to separate the politics from the policy and the law. And if you are interested in the law being upheld, then it can't be here now and maybe there later. If it's about federal immigration law being upheld, I concede that California has run afoul of federal immigration law, but I need you also to concede that the biggest component of illegal immigration doesn't really have to do with criminals in California, doesn't really have to do with people walking across the southern border. Where are you going with all this, Mo? Well, I'm going to the southern border because our president is going to be visiting California finally for the first time in his presidency. And for all the complaints about President Obama and his expensive fundraising deals, wait, 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 let me back up. The president, to tie all of this together, the president and the the timing of his visit connected to the timing of of the announcement of the lawsuit against California. It's all politics. It's not about the law. That portion is about politics. You actually think that it wasn't connected one to the other when the president says he's finally going to come to California within the same space and news cycle of announcing the lawsuit against California. And when he comes to California, he's going to visit San Diego and the southern border and take measurements like he's doing drapes in a new house for this wall. You think those things aren't related? Of course they're related. It's all politics. 
And remember, since California is largely a blue state and the Republicans are trying to hold on to the House and many of the races in question, which may flip for the Democrats, are right here in California. This is exactly the wedge issue, which plays nationally for Republicans and can possibly give Democrats trouble. And let me get to you, Democrats, right now. I don't understand, just from a political strategy standpoint, and we saw this with DACA, you got your asses kicked during the government shutdown because you wanted to die on the hill for DACA. For people, take your feelings out of it, for people who did not have legal standing. And now it seems, and I understand why local officials like the mayor of Oakland or the governor of California, I understand why they're going to play to their constituents. California doesn't really care what's going on in the rest of the nation. They only care what's going on in California. And since California is a blue state, they're going to cater their message to the mostly blue residents of California. I understand all that. California's playing politics. When the Oakland mayor says that she's going to send out a mayor, uh, send out an email in advance of an ice raid to alert her residents, knowing good and well it's in contradiction and contravention of federal law, she's playing politics because she knows her residents would most appreciate that. But I'm asking you to take the politics out of it. Or at least recognize when politics are in it. The president coming to California to check out the wall on the southern border and doing it in the same week in which they're going to sue California is all politics. It is nothing but politics. It is shaping the messaging for the 2018 midterms, which although may be months away, they are on everyone's minds right now. Why else do you think the president would be holding a fundraiser in California with plates for 35000 up to 250000 At the same time, he's suing California. It's politics. He's fundraising. Dare I say grandstanding. This issue is so very complex. It's not about your feelings. It's about the facts. The facts of the matter are this. The laws here in California regarding immigration are in direct contravention and contradiction to federal immigration laws. They're not passively trying to stay out of the way and not help the government. We pass laws here in California which are specifically in opposition and limit the options of law enforcement. Those aren't my feelings. I already said I can't stand Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Never have, never will. But what he said in terms of the facts before he started politicking about an open borders agenda, he was factually accurate. We can go back and forth about how we feel about what he said, but we really can't argue the facts of it. Now, this is Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff responding to Attorney General Jeff Sessions in regard to how dare you. So here's my message to Mayor Schaff. How dare you? How dare you needlessly endanger the lives of our law enforcement officers to promote a radical open borders agenda? My mistake. That was Jeff Sessions in response to Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff. Now, this is what, remember, with all that as as an opener, I wanted you to listen now to the response from Democrats. Democrats, Governor Jerry Brown and Xavier Becerra, Attorney General, they held a press conference after this Jeff Sessions speech. And I want you to listen to where the law is, where the politics are, 
and the injections of feelings? Are they trying to appeal to the legal argument or are they trying to appeal to how you feel about immigration? Look, we know the, the Trump administration is full of liars. They pled guilty already to the special counsel. Uh, under the laws of California, nothing stops the federal government from coming to a jail. Uh, the, re- the release records are, are public. Uh, there's nothing that stops a sheriff who runs the jails to working with, with ICE. There's nothing in the law that prevents uh, ICE from working in our prisons and working uh, with our Department of Corrections. Uh, beyond that, the most serious crimes are exempted. So in many ways, there are many layers of protection. And what Jeff Sessions said is simply not true. And I call upon him, upon him to apologize to the people of California. Apologize? Bringing the mendacity of Washington to California and trying to insert... This- apologize? Where in a legal discussion is an apology necessary? See, that's, that's an appeal to your feelings because he made someone angry. But factually... The governor is wrong, period. And I can't stand Jeff Sessions. I'm telling you that. So know that this is coming from a very sincere place. Although I may have policy disagreements with Jeff Sessions, although I think personally he's just short of being despicable, my word, he's accurate on this. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. Go ahead, send your hate tweets. At Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. And, yes, we can engage in civil discussion, hopefully. And also want to let you know, the baby animal bracket is up on the Gary and Shannon show page. Get your choices in. Get your picks in now. Have you made your picks? No, I haven't had a chance. I'm doing a show. Some of these are very (laughs) difficult decisions. Well, before the end of the show, Monica, I'm sure I'll get in my picks, and I'm pretty good. I did very well at the Oscars. I usually do very well (laughs) in my NC2A bracket. Why would this be any different? Okay. All right. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. You can always hit me on Twitter as we have a conversation. It's a difficult one, but hopefully it's an honest one. Hit me on Twitter at Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. Let me give you just a quick sampling of what some people have had to say, and I will agree or disagree. At Mr. Mo Kelly, this comes from Leal the Jerk. Hearing you speak what you really don't want to say is refreshing. Respect and love. Well, thank you, Leo the Jerk. This comes from Robert B. Robert B. at Mr. Mo Kelly says, We often disagree on political ideals, but I have always respected your critical thinking ability and your ability to eloquently state complex ideas. You are spot on when it comes to Browns slash Becerra lying through their teeth. Keep it up. Well, I don't know if they're lying. I think they are distorting the truth about the issue and they're playing politics with it. I, I, I guess if you want to say they're lying, yeah, they're lying about in terms of not putting laws into place, which specifically and definitely impact how law enforcement does their job vis-a-vis immigration or policing in terms of immigration rates. This comes from Ariel Miss Kizzy. At Mr. McKelly, I agree. Biggest difference between a conservative and a lib is conservatives believe in the rule of law. Libs 
the rule of emotions and feelings. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't first I don't broad brush anybody. And I don't think that one party is the party of facts and the other party is the party of emotions. That I could go into a thousand instances where emotions have led the the debate in terms of let's say um, transgender and bathrooms. That's that's not a fact issue. That was a feelings issue. If you're worried about someone transgender going into a male or female bathroom because you're worried about them being a sexual predator, that's a feelings issue. That wasn't a facts issue, but that was led by the conservatives. I discuss issues. I do not champion either party or any specific politician. You'll never hear me endorse a candidate. You'll never hear me do anything in terms of this person needs to go unless they're an actual criminal. I'm not about the politics. I'm about the facts and the issues. And wherever they fall is wherever they fall. And on this issue, and I have a number of friends, and I would say even family members, who vehemently disagree with me when it comes to immigration and immigration reform. I'm not demonizing the individuals, but I do believe when you start talking about separating families and bringing the emotions into it, then you've lost your way. Now, more broadly and politically, the Democrats have made a decision, I believe, a wrong one from a political strategy standpoint. I believe they've made a wrong decision to lead with this as they led with DACA. And here in California, they've thrown down the gauntlet on immigration. I believe that's the wrong issue to, quote unquote, put as the uh, primary platform in a party. But I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican for that matter either. I'm a registered independent, just in case you were wondering. So I don't have any vested interest in, in helping anyone get elected. But I can comment on when I think strategically you're not doing your party any favors. Before the break, if you didn't already figure it out, we're discussing this lawsuit levied against the state of California by the Trump administration slash Department of Justice. And I said, although I don't like Jeff Sessions, although I principally disagree with him on just about everything, on this, I believe he is accurate. It doesn't pay me to say it because I've always lived in the land of facts. And to point out how I believe California is playing a word association game, using feelings and sympathy to make their argument as opposed to standing on the facts and the law, I wanted to point to Governor Jerry Brown and listen to his remarks most recently in uh, response to Attorney General Jeff Sessions. And what Jeff Sessions said is simply not true. And I call upon him him to apologize to the people of California, to bringing the mendacity of Washington to California. Mendacity? And trying to insert discord and division, and I might add dysfunctionality. Stop right there. Discord dysfunctionality, mendacity. I've yet to hear an actual fact. That's all about feelings. That's about painting the subject in a certain way to get you to feel either sympathetic or unsympathetic, but it's not dealing with the actual issues. Go on, Blake. And I might add dysfunctionality in a state that's really working. So let's build some bridges, not walls. Governor, how do you uh, respond to what he said about uh, Oakland's mayor, Libby Schaff, and, and her decision to— Well, I didn't hear Libby Schaff, and I'm not going to comment on that. Oh, I no. will comment on anything I and, said. Uh, what, what Sessions said today, he said that she was, um, again, putting people's 
lives in jeopardy and um, well, that, I think you should take that up with Libby Schaff. I, I will account for whatever I say. I'm sure the Attorney General will account for what he says. But what each local mayor does or doesn't do, uh, that's a matter of interest that people should follow up on. But I, I did not, uh, other than something in the news. So I, I don't think it would be appropriate for me to comment. Governor, you, you suggested that the relationship between the Attorney General and the President is influencing his decision here. You really think this is the Attorney General trying to get in the good graces of the President? Look, this is completely unprecedented no, it for isn't. the Chief Law Enforcement of the United States to come out here and engage in a political stunt, make wild accusations, many of which are based on outright lies. That's unusual. Let's stop right there, Blake. It's not unprecedented for an Attorney General to insert himself or herself into a situation. But again, the governor is saying that the, this is a political stunt by the attorney general. And yes, there are politics which are playing into this as I went through extensively last segment. Yes, politics are part of everything. The timing of this, the levying of the lawsuit, yes, that is political in nature. It will have political implications. But, but, and it does come with a big but, it is And it pains me to say this. Lord knows it pains me to say this. It is consistent with what President Trump campaigned on as candidate Trump. This should not be a surprise to anyone. This is consistent with what he ran on. This is consistent with what uh, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions said he was going to do even during his confirmation process. So this should not be a surprise to anyone. If the only thing that the governor can allege is this is just some political, quote unquote, witch hunt, my phrase, if that's all he can do, then that means he really does not have any law or facts to fall back on. From Alabama talking to us about secession and and protecting the human and civil rights. I do think this is pure red meat for the base. And that's true. I, I would assume. But I this is pure speculation that uh, Jeff thinks that Donald uh, will be happier with him, and I'm sure Donald will be tweeting his joy at this particular performance. But it's not about law enforcement, it's not about justice, and it really demeans uh, the high office uh, to which he has been uh, appointed. Governor, if I could follow up on on the question on Libby Schaap, you yourself are a former mayor of Oakland. I sure am, and I'll tell you anything I said, I'll be glad to comment on it. (laughs) So would you as mayor uh, have have done this? No, that's a would you, want to be, could it be. No, I'm here as governor. Uh, I'm not making any statements uh, to issue uh, regarding impending uh, actions by the federal government. I'm speaking now about the attorney general. Those are my comments. Will you... uh, Sarah, will you be able to uh, to do any discovery on this case? And and the governor make a reference to the sort of information that you see available that you might be able to get. They've opened themselves up to that. Uh, if they want to file a lawsuit, then we this have to, to discover the basis for their lawsuit. So we'll go at. So what sorts of information might you be able to elicit? Stay tuned. Yep, stay tuned. I think I've heard enough, Blake. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640. More stimulating talk when we come back. Terrace, Trump, aluminum, steel, Canada. Is it going to happen? 
It just might. Girl, you got the right. Killing in your Levi's. High on your love has got me buzzing like a streetlight. It's still early out in Cali, baby. Don't you want to rally again? Find a row with no man. KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon on this Thursday. I'm always appreciative to be able to sit in the big chair during the week, and I thank Gary and Shannon for the opportunity. I was really over last segment, so this is going to be pretty short. The president is going to speak today at around 1230, and we'll carry it here live on KFI if he's on time. And I suspect he will talk about his proposed tariffs on imported aluminum and steel, how that's going to make its way into our economic policy and whether it's going to include the tariffs will include certain countries like Mexico or Canada, Australia. Will they be given exemptions? And remember, I'm all about the political strategy of it all. I may disagree, but we should be able to agree on there's a right way and wrong way to get something done. If, if the president wants the best shot at success, there is a way to go about it. And if he's trying to announce an economic policy change on his own without having first gone to his economic advisors, oh, Gary Cohn just resigned, without including someone in terms of foreign policy advisors, in terms of how this is going to impact our friends and foes around the world, and just surprise us with it, as he did, he's not giving himself the best chance to win. Hashtag winning. If he wants Congress to get behind this, then he has to go about it a different way. And if you didn't know, 107 members of the Republican caucus in the House signed a letter urging the president to reconsider this tariff. That's significant. It's not that the president can't do this unilaterally. Unilaterally, This is not about whether he has the power to do it. It's about whether it's prudent to do it in this way. Let's back up and look through history very quickly. Don't you know that he probably would have been able to repeal and replace Obamacare if he actually got out and tried to sell his replacement option, was knowledgeable about the specifics as opposed to tweeting and saying Obamacare's bad, the Democrats are sad, And all those insults, if he got out there and said, this is why what we are proposing is better than Obamacare and did his part, he would have gotten those extra votes and got it passed. What happened to Infrastructure Week never happened because he did not get behind it and sell it in the way that he should. What about the travel ban, one and two? Same thing. You can't just declare from on high as a president and expect to make it happen. Remember transgender people serving in the military? He made a proclamation from on high in Twitter, and all of a sudden it sent his own military military advisors into a tizzy and then eventually was struck down because his own team did not know what was going on. His Republican caucus members did not know what was going on, and you're not giving yourself the best chance at success. We can debate the policy all day, but if you're trying to make an economic policy change in the days after your chief economic advisor resigns and 107 Republican caucus members saying, don't do it, you're not giving yourself 
your administration or your proposed policy the best chance at success. 1230, we'll learn more when the president speaks to us. But a part of winning, be it sports, politics, life, always has to do with preparation. Are you giving yourself the best chance to win? Are you employing a strategy which is going to yield the greatest result? Or are you just throwing it out there and winging it and hoping for the best? This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.